The Adventures of Batman. Welcoming you to the new adventures of Batman. Welcome to episode 10 of Batman Animation, a Batman on film podcast that's exploring the animated adventures of the Caped Crusader. I am BOF senior contributor Ryan Lauer, and with me is another BOF senior contributor, Peter Boudin Pockets Vera. Peter, hello. This is your first time on Batman Animation. This is, there's a lot less cartoon in your voice. Usually for Batman Book Club, you're like, ah, <laughs> but now you're like, welcome to Batman oh, Animation. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, Lauer. I was taking this a little bit seriously. And yeah, you, you, I can tell yeah. it's serious because Lauer kind of rules the show like a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you, you know, do this episode this week? And I'm like, no, I can't. How about this weekend? Like, no, I feel like I'm in Condock. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bill was kind of like, you know, you can do you can do your your hyper Mountain Dew intro BS for your show, but when it's a BOF podcast, you need to be you need to sound like an adult. So yeah, I'm trying to so, sound like an adult as we talk about Batman cartoons. Don't eat your Fruit Loops and wash them down with sugar. <laughs> I mean, I do. Funny. I do have a glass of Mountain Dew in a nineteen, like a, an old nineteen seventies uh, peanuts McDonald's glass, Peter. And that it's funny. You, you won't eat pea soup, but you'll drink something that looks like urine. I just, I don't <laughs> understand you. Pea soup looks disgusting, but blame the Exorcist. I, I mean, dude, <laughs> look at your glass. <laughs> Looks like Mountain Dew to me. It's all good. <laughs> Looks like you're getting ready to take a piss test. <laughs> I'm not going to pass. I'm dehydrated. Uh, <laughs> That's not why you're failing. <laughs> anyway, so let's get to let's get to cracking into today's episode of choice. It's from the animated series The Batman, and specifically the episode Grundy's Night. Now, Pete, it should be no surprise why I asked if you would do this episode with me. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Grundy. We all love Grundy. Who doesn't love Grundy? Eric Holzman loves Grundy, and he doesn't read yeah. comics. Um, Solomon Grundy is an interesting, and he's an interesting villain. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's probably everyone's favorite zombie um, growing up in the swamps of Slaughter Swamp. And, uh, he, he's had an interesting origin um and this uh this episode actually adapts it pretty well usually traditionally he's a a villain of uh the original green lantern well, alan scott get, give and, us a quick uh, yeah just give us a really quick uh backstory on this character for anybody who uh, is unfamiliar with the origins uh just uh from my memory uh original villain of green lantern alan scott and uh grew up uh and not grew up but comes from slaughter swamp and uh, it, over the years, he's been adapted into more of a because Alan Scott's not really as active as he used to be in, in previous years, more of a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. It seems uh, he's fought Superman. He had an interesting run in a JLA, I want to say, oh, in the early 2000s when he was first able to really speak and articulate. Uh, so he's been adapted a few times. Sometimes he's really dumb. Sometimes he's really cool, and sometimes he just wants a plate for Thanksgiving dinner, as we know from the Long <laughs> Halloween. So Solomon Grundy is one of the more interesting characters uh, in in DC Comics lore overall. He's kind of a, an overarching character, and he's recently made appearances in uh, Star Girl, 
yeah. on the everyone's favorite network, the CW. So, um, you know, uh, he's uh, he's been very adaptable over the years, and he's also featured very heavily in the Straight Outta Gotham theme song. Um, did you watch this year's animated movie, Catwoman Hunted? I have not. You know, my schedule is very tight, and I have not been yeah. able to get that one in. But I see it on HBO Max, so I'm going to. It check is it on out HBO Max. Uh, you should watch it out. It's relevant to our discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Solomon Grundy also appeared in the Arkham City uh, video game, which I thought that was a really cool part. But actually, mm-hmm. my exposure to him, my first, my introduction to him actually was uh, the Long Halloween. Yeah. Um. So, which no surprise there, right? And uh, I thought he was a cool character. And just since then, you know, I've seen that he popped up. Was it? Uh, he did show up in Super Friends, didn't he? I thought he was uh, in Super Friends. I, w- I would. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say yes, but don't quote me on Hall that. Justice. Yeah, and he and he's had some appearances. So yeah, he's a character. And then like yeah, obviously for I mean the Grundy alerts for Straight Out of Gotham podcast, mm-hmm. um, which are always fun because you're grabbing very different images of the character for each uh, tweet that's posted for the Grundy alerts. So. There's Solomon Grundy for you. A little backstory for this episode. I think that this is this is a really fun episode. One because it's set at Halloween, and there's kind of there's limited Batman the animated series in almost got him the Poison Ivy section of the story. So it's like two minutes or three mm-hmm. that takes place at like at Halloween, and I mean otherwise animated wise up to this point, there's just not much Batman uh, Halloween specifically, and I love the you know, melding the two together, but the, the origin of this Solomon Grundy is that this is, it's not just Halloween. It's Grundy's nights. Um, this, the birthplace of Solomon Grundy in the, in a swamp 150 years ago, it was a lake home to the mostly Eastern European laborers who built Gotham, Bolton, Winslow, Parrish, and they conspired to make the area a dumping ground for the industrial waste created by Gotham construction. Laborers who lost their homes gathered together for some witchcraft on All Hallows Eve and created Solomon Grundy to hunt down the families of the three men. And Solomon Grundy would then go after the descendants 150 years later. And guess what? This night is Grundy's night because it's 150 years later. The episode, it... Uh, premiered on August 27, 2005, season two, episode 11. That's what it is in uh, HBO Max as well. Directed by Sam Wu. Good friend of mine. Did you, you met him at, at one of your premieres in New New, York? Numerous. uh, Yeah, I've spoken to Sam numerous times. uh, Huge Spurs fan. And uh, (laughs) one of the, it's it's a known fact. (laughs) You'll never catch him without his Spurs hat. Uh, and probably one of the greatest uh, directors, producers uh, that DC Comics has ever had. You know, just comes from the school of Jim Tucker and uh, James Tucker and uh, Bruce Tim. So you know, the guy's got a uh, he's got nothing but respect for these characters, and he knows yeah. how to do his job well. If you've, I mean, if you're a fan of DC animation, like the past you know 15 years plus, you'll have seen he's he's got names and credit and credits uh, a lot of like storyboard art and stuff, especially for TV series. But director wise. He directed episodes of The Batman. He directed. It's very easy to follow his career. <laughs> of, yeah, but where the Batman, Green Lantern, the animated series. Uh, he was involved in Justice League action, but he also directed movies of Batman Year One, uh, Batman Gotham by Gaslight, the Death and Reign of Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Batman Soul of the Dragon. It looks like that was his last credited uh, director directed movie. So yeah, Sam Liu. He's been in, heavily involved in DC animation. Which is really really cool. I like I like his stuff. Um, envious that you've gotten to meet him, but um, 
very cool. And the Spurs hat, his picture on IMDb, he's wearing his Spurs hat. So there yeah, you go. <laughs> uh, but, the second biggest Spurs fan I've ever met. Who's who's number one? Uh, a guy I used to work with named Scott Spinelli. Oh, Scott, classic yeah. Scott. So this episode, I think it's it's great. So if you have not seen this, I'd recommend going and watching, and then coming back because Pete and I will will talk uh, a little bit of spoilers about it. But I do love that it's it's Halloween night and uh, the Wayne Manor classic uh alfred he's dressed up for the occasion as sherlock holmes and trick-or-treaters at wayne manor are dressed up as joker catwoman and penguin with the adult supervising as grundy um mm-hmm. and bruce is carving a bat pumpkin and alfred mentions about who the trick-or-treaters what they're dressed up as and bruce says i guess it's more fun to be the bad guys but then you know, uh, the beginning incident is that we do get uh, like the cold open is these old ladies that like scare trick or treaters about Grundy's night and give the backstory of Grundy's night and all that. And then Solomon Grundy comes and destroys their home. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, their great grandfather, uh, Emmett Bolton. And we hear in the story throughout the episode that Bolton is one of the three that basically created the swamp. And Grundy's going to have his revenge. So basically, I mean, it's living up to at this point that Solomon Grundy is, he has returned to Gotham and he's destroying, but Batman just doesn't fully believe that a monster, you know, can truly exist. And the monster Grundy, he beats the hell out of Batman his first, their first meetup. There's a little bit of Mortal Kombat in this too, because (laughs) towards the end, as Grundy walks out, he goes, Grundy wins. And I, I can't help but think of Mortal Kombat when I see that. Um, there's also a wonderful, uh, amount of foreshadowing or, uh, let's say clues left, um, by uh-huh. the creative team, because every time Batman goes to visit, you know, the destruction, mm-hmm. it seems to be that there is a safe located somewhere yes. on the grounds that seems to be a, a focal point, you know, uh, which is done very creatively because in, in the, in the first house, the old ladies are like talking about it, but the safe's in like the background. And then in the second house, the kids are like waking up Batman and you see the old man go to his safe. And you know, obviously everything's empty. So you know, you can kind of see where Batman is starting to point. investigate things and, and more in terms of a detective style. And he's a little bit more reluctant to believe in the swamp zombie of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say that this episode fantastically adapted the origin of Grundy, uh, witchcraft, cult stuff. But the main rising from the swamps of Gotham, um, I believe sla- Slaughter Swamp is outside of Gotham traditionally. Say that five times fast. <laughs> slaughter Swamp. Slaughter Swamp. Slaughter Swamp. Slaughter Swamp. Slaughter Swamp. So, you know, they put their own spin on it, which this yeah, series has really done cool. magnificently in a lot of aspects, aside from a few character designs that I, I don't really enjoy. But um, this series was always very brave and bold. You know, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, I also like when they do those, you know, in telling the origin of him and everything, they do they do go with a cool, you know, flashback vibe of muted colors and stuff too, yeah. which I, I think is a really cool, like, ambiance for Kind the... of like a little yellow hint to it. Yeah. That yeah, I like that. about in the Black Adam trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I really, like, I really think that that's cool. And then it surprised me. So you said of, you know, Grundy wins that this episode also strayed from, you know, Solomon Grundy born on a Monday, you know, th- yeah, doing that stuff, which, which I which think it makes sense cool. come episodes end. Exactly. So uh, what do you think of the aesthetic look of this Grundy compared to what we've seen before? Um, He's a little thinner than I probably would have enjoyed. I kind of like a more bulking Grundy, not mm-hmm. necessarily like an Ed McGinnis bubbly Grundy. 
but more of a, a well-built Grundy. Um, I think the height was good. I think, you know, overall he's portrayed as a, as a physical brute with, uh, it seems like they give off that he, he has limited intelligence, like kind of more like a dumbed down Grundy personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought overall the characterization of Grundy was pretty good considering, you know, what happens next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's fitting, I think for me, uh, I, I'm fine with going with looks and like you, you know, you just mentioned of this series, they, definitely took liberties in creating their own style and look for characters and changes. And yeah, Grundy's he, he's, you know, thinner, uh, probably like same height or whatever, like a, you know, a trench coat. Whereas what I'm used to seeing is like, you know, uh, Oh my gosh, who did the Hulk fight? And it's famous on a, on a cover. He's gray. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, Tim sale did Hulk gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. Um, but, you know, Byrne did some Hulk, I believe it, it's, I mean, it, a gray Hulk is basically what I'm used to for, for Grundy's look. So this was, you know, being a little bit different and that was cool with me and, and all of that. Uh, I liked all of that, but then yeah, to go further with the, the plot and how you said of picking up hints along the way and Batman deduces and, you know, he's a master detective and, Mm -hmm. and how, and it just, it made me laugh for sure of a Batman wanted to do a DNA test. And Alfred gets back to him and he found it in, and it was like in the, in mud. And, and it, uh, I forget what Batman says. And Alfred's like, but sir, how on earth could you know that? You know, oh, the, the <laughs> DNA is not, it's human DNA, but it's something, but it's in the mud. It's not, you know, like, yeah. I mean, the forensic stuff, the forensic science, I guess you want to call mm-hmm. it, isn't too deep, but it's deep enough for a kid. It's there you know? enough. It's there enough, you know, yeah. to support he's a detective. And, uh, you know, like you said, how how what is the time different? What is what is the gap between BTAS and this? Do we know? Like, I feel like it's not that long. Uh, two thousand. This series debuted in two thousand four. Okay, because uh, I I think they do enough within the show to differentiate. You know, doing their own thing just stylistically, and mm-hmm. even Batman seems to do a little bit more. Uh, let's say detective work in this episode than uh, you know. I feel like in some other cartoon episodes, you know, it, it seems yeah. like they, they had a focus for sometimes, like I said, as crazy as like their Joker design is, I think their Batman is really spot on throughout the entire series, especially in this episode. Joker is just low hanging fruit, fruit for people to criticize of the looks because it is so drastically different. Um, it's the bare feet that bothers me, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not my favorite, but it didn't bother me as much as it bothered other people. Um Catwoman I think that's just like a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. That's a, that's a big one. problem. Right. She looks more like a mouse. <laughs> Those big ears. I didn't think about that before. Uh, eh, well, now next time I watch an episode with her, I'll, I'll think about that. Like, ah, look at that mouse. Did you oh. um? Did you catch the long Halloween pumpkin in this episode? Uh, pointed out. Uh, the wax museum, the jack, the carved jack o' lantern at the in the wax. No. It, that is a that is a long Halloween uh, uh, pumpkin. If I ever saw one, like, that is you. definitely. Are you a bigger fan of the long Halloween than me, Pete? I well, it's the only book you ever read. That's why you the only book Batman I, book club. <laughs> it's the only one I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, until the Batman book club, Flower just reread the long Halloween every day. That's it. Which hey, you know that's okay too. Read the it's best. It's a classic. So, the discovery, which I also like. Batman encounters it's like a random you know civilian on the street or is he but mm-hmm. who's doing his best Cliff Clavin impression I think mm-hmm. as he's talking um, but we do discover that 
in the DNA, and Batman just he deduces that this is not the monster Solomon Grundy. This is his former friend, Detective Ethan Bennett, now known as Clayface, dun, 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 disguising dun. himself as Solomon Grundy, and he's mm. using the Grundy's Night Legend as a cover-up for him actually hitting these homes. The descendants of the people are very wealthy. So, so that's why we look at the saves. Is it safes? Saves? What do you call them? What is is it like moose? The safe times three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Clever wording. Uh I'd say safes. I mean it sounds weird. I don't think I've ever that's what I'm saying. Like moose sounds weird, but it's just yeah. moose. Yeah. Moose. So this is a safe. Uh but yeah. You bring up the wax museum, which I think is a really cool idea that they mm-hmm. use for this. And uh, and gr- or not Grundy, it's Clamp which Face. feels like homage to uh, House of Wax, right? Like House of yeah, that- the yeah the original House of Wax with mm-hmm. Vincent Price who played Egghead. It's all connected. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> I I do love that there's a Grundy statue in there, but then uh, that's too obvious, and he's actually the alien, mm-hmm. and he does like a really long you know and almost gets Batman and stuff. And I think that's a really it's a cool fight. They, I feel like the heart, maybe we'll get to that episode at some point, you know, here in Batman animation or the two-parter, but Bennett was like the substitute for Harvey Dent from uh, the animated series. You know, that's the emotional uh, good guy goes bad. Yeah. I thought that they took their time. And I think that that was a really good change up um, something different of a newly created character and became Clayface, but you know, not one that we ever, I'm with you. I was surprised how much I ended up caring about the Bruce Ethan relationship, considering Mm -hmm. it's kind of new to this version of Batman, exclusive to this version. Didn't see it coming because they spent a lot of episodes, like even just small moments in that first season between the two. We're just like hanging out, playing basketball at some point. Like they they went out of their way to really establish that friendship. It almost seems very Peter Parker, Harry Osborn. Nice, you know, yeah, like that close. And then to have that character turn into a villain. And this is actually the first episode where he does not refer to Clayface as Ethan. I did a little trivia. Really? Uh, look up myself. Yeah. He usually, nice. He, you know, he's usually trying to, you know, bring back his friend, but I think Humanity. around this time he finally realizes that Ethan is no more. And Clayface has just taken over. Mm-hmm. And before anyone to... goes crazy, there is another Clayface at some point in this show. So before the continuity police wants to come after me. <laughs> You don't know uh, what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. That's why you're the president of the Walter Hamada fan club. That's right. The I'm trying to think of how many appearances. So the the two parter, you know, like uh, the Clayface of Tragedy, I think, was the final one of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the Rubber Face of Comedy and the Clayface of Tragedy. Uh, I'm trying to look it up quick to totally confirm it. But that was the Ooh. end of season one. This is season two, and I'm trying to think how many times Clayface had popped up um, in Often, prior oh, to oh. this to 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 add on to. Yeah, so there you go. The rubber face of comedy and the Clayface of tragedy was the two parter, two part finale to season one. Um, I'm looking, looking, looking. Yeah, I'm not. Seeing I believe the that. creature of the Black Lagoon makes a cameo as well in the Wax Museum. Meltdown, at least they're episode seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, the attack like for that, the, the plot is despite intensive rehabilitation, Ethan Bennett once again takes the form of Clayface in order to seek revenge against Joker, the man who turned him into that monster. 
Mm-hmm. So it's also the first episode where Joker's not involved in anything having to do with Ethan <laughs> Clayface. I guess, and so with the, I did like the Joker. I did like Kevin and Michael Richardson voicing the. Joker. Oh, the voice is great. I mean, you can't Kevin Michael Richardson. You cannot argue with the man. The I thought great. they went to the Joker and Penguin well too much in this series. Um, there's a lot to where it was like ah, another one like. Okay, and and that's really weird for me to say about the Joker. Um, not so much as the Penguin, because up until Colin Farrell, I thought the Penguin was all right. Um, but now you he's watch your mouth. <laughs> I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But yeah, so okay, the Joker's not included. Also, this is all. I mean, that just adds to it. Then that Ethan Bennett's gone. Um, he doesn't have any kind of, you know. Joker's not involved, muttered or anything except for a kid dressing up like him as, in, for Halloween. So yeah. this is pure his motivation, what he's trying to do. He's just he's a full on bad guy. There's no like there's no hero to save anymore. There's no going back. You know that. You've changed, changed things forever. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so then, I mean. How did how does the how does the episode wrap up then, Pete? Uh it wraps up in spectacular fashion, <laughs> I think. Uh, a little bit of an iRobot style Batman going through this wax museum, trying to find Clayface. Clayface is hiding amongst the uh, the, uh, the 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 I don't what do you call them figurines, displays, mannequins, displays. Um, and then you know Batman just gets the better of him and just kind of you know he 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 takes Clayface's. Uh, let's say plot for Batman's demise and turns it on himself. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bruce Wayne is able to enjoy his Halloween <laughs> mm-hmm. through he detective is. work and science and not through ghost stories. But they leave you just enough to believe there might really be a Solomon Grundy. I think there bum, is. Bum, bum. There's really bubbles nice. in the swamp. Bum, bum, bum. Bubbles, bubbles, toils and troubles. And then they never revisit this, which is completely fine with me. Leave it what? a little, leave it, well, no, leave it open like that to where you can, or, uh, I, you know, maybe it was just like a frog in the swamp or something. I don't know. Um, leave it a little open like that, but otherwise, uh, this is just a blast. It was of an Aquaman. Oh my God. Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. The champion of Gotham City Swamp. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I love that they could have taken Halloween out. You know, of this and just made it Grundy's Night and a whole legend. But I love the fact that they included Halloween because how many times have I mentioned it? And you know this about me, Peter. I love Halloween. And so just the little touches here, which weren't distracting, they just added to uh, added to the experience, added to the episode and the story. The Grundy's Night legend is something that's really cool. And since you're very in tune with all things Grundy, like that's an original thing created for this episode that hasn't has it been seen before or since? The legend of Grundy's Night, like the, I've I've never heard of Grundy's Night before this. Yeah, um, okay. Before this episode, um, have it's funny because, have you ever heard of Mischief Night? I've heard of Devil's Night, and that's it. That's how Devil Night is. uh, Well, Mischief Night apparently, this is new to me. Like I learned this maybe a few years ago, is an exclusive uh, night to the state of New Jersey. Okay. Uh, Mischief night is the night before Halloween where traditionally kids would go out and toilet paper people's houses or trees and houses, throw eggs at the windows and stuff like that. Apparently people, kids in New Jersey are delinquents. um, And that doesn't happen around the country. And I kind of thought Grundy's night when I first heard about this was 
you know, going to happen like the night before, like, oh, they're going to play on mischief night. But um, it, it's interesting how they, they worked it into kind of like, it, almost like a Jeepers Creepers type mm-hmm. of thing, right? Like, you know, he wakes up after a certain time to haunt the night and then he goes away for a certain amount of time and he'll come again and, you know, to seek his revenge. So it was very interesting. Like, so I, I appreciate all the different types of lore that went into creating this new mythology, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like they took bits of this, bits of that, and they created their own thing. And creatively, that's kind of genius to me. I from think so too. A writing, a directing, a producing standpoint. Every and standpoint. That's why people like <laughs> Sam Liu, like we've mentioned Sam Liu in this one, you know, really cutting his teeth in animation and background and learning from the, the pros. You could see the mm-hmm. creativity throughout this episode. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, again, it's a treasure to have Sam uh, work on these things as much as the other guys. And, you know, just, it, you know, you could just see the, the love throughout the episode. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So devil's night, it's, I mean, looking up online real quick, I knew about it in being in Detroit. It's been referenced before and stuff. And I think they mention it in the crow. Um, I thought the night before might, might have called it something else, but I thought it was the night before Halloween. Um, but I mean, it says it's related to mischief night. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all connected, Peter. It's all connected. Same yeah. st- sort of deal, but to more on your point, I, I do, I agree with you. I think that's, that's really cool. It's really, it's really creative. It's original. Um, and it, you know, for this show, in what they do with a you know an old character that they don't it sounds like they don't veer far from his from the core character itself yeah you know the similarities with the origin and then yeah like you said you can see sam lose passion for the characters in the show and everything just that throughout the whole episode and i think that it doesn't i think it it's it just moves too its pacing is on point um the fights that the fights between batman and Solomon Grundy are good. I mean, Batman gets his ass kicked, but I mean, they're good. They move. He, he, and then Batman's up against the wall with his massive battering, and then Grundy just bursts through the wall, you know, to get that stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, all of it's just like really, really cool, really fun. This is since first watching this, and I think I did watch it, uh, woke up on a Saturday morning. Um, I think I was in college at that time. I woke up like in college on a Saturday morning because I'm like, I want to watch the Batman. And I saw this on TV. And then it, I mean, it's if I don't get to it every Halloween, it's like more often than not since then. So this is right up there with Haunted Night for you. This is part of your bat tradition. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to do that because there isn't a ton of Batman Halloween material. So th- I mean, the fact that this is one and it's, you know, it's 21 minutes, it's that very is- easy for me to watch it. If you're not familiar with it, there is also Batman, the Batman versus Dracula. That's an animated Sam movie Lou directed. That, yep. Uh, so, you know, it's quality, but that is a, you know, another, another chapter in this iteration of Batman. Um, yeah. This, the Batman, the original, the Batman verse. Somebody let Bill know that this was the first, this is the blueprint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the blueprint. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, me personally, I remember not giving this animated series a real shot when it first came out, just being so loyal to B-Taz, not thinking sure. anything can top B-Taz. But when I sat down and watched this, and this is probably, I, I recently just bought it on iTunes because apparently it was on I, it was on Netflix and it wasn't, I guess, because now it's on, and I couldn't find it on HBO Max either. So I purchased oh. it on iTunes for $50, which ended up being like 10 bucks a season, which is cheaper than buying. That's a good, yeah, season. it's 13 episode seasons. Yeah, and I think it's uh, like 20 bucks per season. So like you save some money if you buy the complete season. 
Um, it's it's really fabulous. I think it's the show overall is just so underrated mm-hmm. uh, among Batman about among Batman fans. Um, I hear everyone always preaches BTAS. You know, people love Super Friends, and you know, I I feel like um, what's it called? Uh, Brave and the Bold Brave is probably a little more popular. But this version is very good. It, it, it's, yeah. it's it's dark enough. It's a little bit more silly, but not by much. Yeah, and I think it's really adapted. Is very well done. It's really funny how people would compare it with like, well, coming on the heels of Batman the Animated Series, it's like oh, everybody's forgetting there was a series between the two. It's called Batman Beyond, and then the Justice League series was going on between the two. So it's not like right. That's Batman more... the Animated Series ended on Friday and on Monday was the Batman. There was a there was like a seven year gap, I think, following the you know new Batman Adventures or whatever the Batman and Robin Adventures, Batman, mm-hmm. whatever the last iteration was. Um, of the two so there i mean there was a gap but of course like you're always going to be compared to i mean look at every single dc movie that comes out they have to compare it to the dark knight the, the best movie <laughs> the best dc movie since the dark knight. The dark knight you know and everything i mean it's just natural to compare it to something that's really good so but uh, i think time has been so favorable to this i think this compares yes, very well absolutely i totally agree uh, and I, I've i've long tried to spread the word and the word is panic to panic. anybody that would listen to me of like give this one a shot because uh it's it's a really quality really quality show i think yeah. and the whole the I, Clayface I honestly think, drama is is definitely a highlight too i actually think people talk about beware the batman more than they talk about the batman which is nuts uh well i like beware really. the batman i like beware the Batman. i don't uh, well i think most of it's because beware the batman literally was like one and done whereas the batman got several seasons yeah so i think it's more of a talking point like oh they could have done this the way they ended that you know it there's a lot sure. more to discuss with Beware because of how it ended. And, you know, it's it's a unique style amongst itself, you know. And that's another thing, too. Like, just, you know, you, you want to criticize the designs, but artistically, they changed everything in this, in this, mm-hmm. the Batman show. You know, like, it changed doesn't look like BTAS. Whereas, you know, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, you know, that's one place. Sure. It all happens in one world. Even gotcha. something like Superman and Greenland, the animated series, all takes place in that one area. This, you know, this is a whole new beginning. Damn. And you could tell that just by the designs. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. California I love the Angels show. t-shirt. That, I, love I mean, it. brings out the best in Peter Vera. <laughs> I actually wore this t-shirt. It's funny because not too long ago, I talked about teams that haunt my memory, my dreams, uh, the Astros, the Red Sox, the Tigers, and the Angels. I wore this shirt to Fenway Park <laughs> to watch the Angels play the Astro. Uh, the Angels play the Red Sox. I'm getting like I big. see that. I think of the uh, the family film Angels in the Outfield, starring Danny Glover and Tony Danza. You're you close. The they they go by the same name, but the close. logo's about 20 years different. different. This is okay. More of a 70s logo. For those okay. of you who are not able to see this, I'm wearing the. It's probably more of the Nolan Ryan uh, Angels logo with the baseball in the state of California with the A and the halo. So I bought this to troll Red Sox fans, and I was able to see Mike Trout's first home run at Fenway Park over the last Wow. So a little bit of baseball history. Look at that. Uh, You get everything with Batman animation. Bring in Peter Vera, and you're going to get facts. Nothing but facts. Well, hey, if you want... If you want to listen to a bunch of podcasts that uh, throw smoke up your ass, I can give you a list <laughs> if you want to listen to bullshit, but uh, I'm not going to no. give that to you. <laughs> I don't think so. But that being said, why did, but before you plug away, you have anything anything left to say about Grundy's Night? No, I, I'm actually, I'm with you. I haven't added this to my Halloween rotation, sure. uh, my scarathon, so to speak. Shout out to Andy DiGenova. 
Um, so, you know, I think this is a worthy entry, you know, just a little Absolutely. fun thing. If you're tired and you don't know what to put on, put on some Grundy's night. You'll probably, yeah. be, you'll probably be asleep before the episode's over and you're not going to miss much. You'll probably make it halfway through. Mm-hmm. Fun worth watching at least, you know, this time of year, every year. So Pete, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. I like talking to Peter very, he's, he's a cool dude. I hope so. I mean, I'm glad this is over. You've been harassing me about this episode for like two weeks. <laughs> I've been harassing. <laughs> yeah, Everyone thinks Lauer's such a nice guy until he produces a show with you. Oh, God. I've got oh, 50 Batman books you got to read in two days. Like, oh, right. You knew what you signed up for, my friend. <laughs> you knew. Why don't you go ahead and plug away, Pete? Uh, you can follow me all over social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one. That's a news-based podcast that I co-host with the champion of Long Island. That's straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram with that handle. Check out Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. You could also follow podcast number two. That's the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. I co-host that with Wrigley Fields Finest, Nicholas and Nico Caruso. That's at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. I am full, I am the president, executive producer, director, and uh, associate producer of the Walter Hermata Fan Club. Uh, you could check out at Team Yellow Oval on Twitter. That's fun. Uh, you could also check out my reviews. I've got a new review on Detective Comics 1065 on Batman on Film. I've got a bunch of interviews, including interviews with the director of this episode, Sam Liu, on Batman on Film YouTube. Um, I'm all over BWF. i got various things. You just search my name. I've got, uh, or you could just go to the posting section. You can see how many posts I got, and you could just check through the catalog. Um, but that seems to have covered it. Uh, Lauer, take it away. Wow. It's everywhere, people. Uh, go to Batman on Film. I've got reviews up for comics, most recent Beyond the White Knight number six, which is awesome. Uh, Sean Murphy can do no wrong with that series, in my opinion. Uh, and the then last check out. Issue. Oh my God. Christ. Uh, and then check out my podcast that Bill also kindly posts on Batman and Film, the Batman Book Club. You can listen to that wherever you get podcasts. The most recent episode that dropped was with <gasps> Peter Vera. Really? Yeah. Where we talked about some Halloween spookiness. And then coming up, the next episode was Peter Vera. Because I demand that Pete uh, records with me a lot. I demand it. I will not settle for no. And Dick we're going to talk about. <laughs> Look out, Black Adam, because Conduct is going to have a new yeah. leader. Teth Adam, read these Batman comics. Teth Lauer? <laughs> yeah, Teth Lauer. There you go. That works. All right, so for Pete, uh, I'm Brian, and we'll uh, announce Rachel. Take us out. Thanks for listening to Batmanimation, a BatmanOnFilm.com podcast revisiting the animated TV and film adventures of the Caped Crusader. Follow Batmanimation on Twitter at Batmanimation. Follow BOF on Twitter at the Batman on Film. Follow Jet on Twitter at Batman on Film. For Jet and Team BOF, I'm announcer Rachel. Batman on Film, authoritative, definitive, the original, established in 1998.